Hey, welcome to our Dead Talk, the place where we discuss all shows and comics within the Walking Dead universe. I'm Colleen. And I'm Jeremy. Today's podcast will be discussing The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 3, titled Haunted. It aired on September 4th, 2021. The plot for this episode is Reapers Hunt Maggie's Team. Carol's group catches horses. Before we start, we want to give a big spoiler warning. We'll be talking about the entire episode during this podcast, so obviously there will be spoilers for you if you haven't watched the episode yet. You've been warned. You know, it's funny, when I read the plot out, it's like the other two episodes we talked about that I read the plot for, they sounded so intense and everything. And I mean, yeah. Maggie's portion of the, the plot of this one sounded intense, but then it's just like, Carol's group looks for horses. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a, a juxtaposition there. Yeah. <laughs> but. So yeah, we're just going to get right into it. I have to say, this episode so far has been one of my favorites from this season. Yeah, I, yeah, it was intense. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it a lot. And I'm finding that when it's a pretty Negan-heavy episode, which I know the other two were also, but when it was a really Negan-heavy episode, I really enjoy them. He's he's such a good character. He is. He really drives um the story forward all, mm-hmm. you know, really abrupt. No, not abruptly, but very strongly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I like how this one starts out. It's it, very much like... Saving Private Ryan, where uh, Tom Hanks' character, I can't remember his name, but he's in shock. Mm. And in this one, it looks like Maggie's in shock. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, there's just chaos going on all all around them. Yeah. And Maggie's almost shocked. She doesn't know where to go, where to move. Yep. And, uh, you know, you hear the sound kind of fade in. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they took some really cool shots, and I liked that they shot it at nighttime. It just added a whole other creepy factor. And just with it being so dark out and you can't tell where the Reapers are coming from and where the knives are coming from. Which I'm sorry, mm-hmm. which, which kind of goes back to when Maggie said, by the time you see them, oh yeah, they come out at night. Yep. And by the oh, time you true. see them, you're, already, you're dead. already dead. That's scary. And then it was really scary when one of Maggie's people said, run! Mm. And then, geez, just some of those shots were so brutal. Even Negan gets hit, Gabe gets hit in the neck. Then Maggie gets a, a rope thrown around her, mm-hmm. and then a, that Elijah kid, he tries to come over to help Maggie, and then as he's trying to get the rope off, somebody, another Reaper comes behind him and gets a rope put on him around his neck, and then he gets pulled into the air. Yeah. Like, what happened to him? I know, I can't wait to find out what happens to him, because that can't be the last of him. I hope not, because I know Maggie screamed no when he gets grabbed, because... They seem really close. They did, they did, and I think that was also the kid that Kelly, um, a few, it wasn't this season, it was at some point during season 10... Kelly had a bit of a moment with him. Cause I think, oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure his name's Elijah. And it seems he, like they went through the same stuff. A little bit. He had a bit of a meltdown this one episode, and she seemed to kind of recenter him a little bit. So I hope that's not all we're going to see Adam, uh, see from him. I hope we're going to see what happens to him after this, that he doesn't just die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I also mentioned that uh, Daryl just runs. It's like, where the hell did Daryl go? Right, I know. Was he chasing, I think he was chasing after one of the, uh, not walkers, one of the... Uh, Reapers. Reapers. Yeah, and yeah, he calls for Dog, and I think he sends Dog after one of the Reapers, probably to, to track him. Yeah. That's crazy, though. I, I hope Daryl's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll find out within the next few episodes if we don't find out at some point during yeah, this episode. Yeah, he drag stuff out. I know. But, you know, going back to Elijah, I know he wears the mask, and I know the, the Reapers wear the masks. Do you think Elijah is part of the Reapers? He also uses the same weapon that they yeah, do. Yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah, he used that, like... Scythe. Is that what that's called? That I'm, ca- I'm calling it a scythe. I, th- I think it is, like, a, a small a small scythe. Yeah. But we haven't really read the comics, like Jeremy and I have said in previous podcasts and stuff. 
But that's definitely one of the things that we're going to be doing with our podcast adventure here. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, but probably by the time we get to the podcast, though, or I'm sorry, by the time we get to the comic, we'll probably already find out about Elijah. Yeah. Maybe. Probably. Possibly. Hopefully. The but, comics seem like a pretty, I don't want to say a light read because the uh, compendiums are, are pretty massive, mm-hmm. but I feel like we'll move through them pretty quickly. Probably, because I know when I was skimming through them, they definitely suck you in, and I feel like I was going through kind of quickly. Not no, not so quickly where I was just blasting through them, but they weren't, it wasn't dry. And we already kind of know a lot of the plot points anyway, so you're like, oh yeah, I remember this scene, remember this scene. Okay, this one's a little bit different, then you stop and slow yeah. down and you read a little bit more. Yeah. I'm super excited to get into those, though, because I can't wait to see how they compare to the television shows and how they differ. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be cool. I wanted to say, though, going back to being in the woods and the Reapers being there, I thought it was pretty cool right after Elijah gets taken, Maggie screams no, and then it's still going around with that, like, dulled, the dulled sense, like the dulled hearing yeah. and stuff. But Maggie senses a Reaper, and she grabs one of the knives Ooh. that must have been on the ground, and she throws it. But she just misses the the skull-faced Reaper, yeah. and then it hits the tree instead. And then when the Reaper turns around, she's gone. Yeah. Yeah, and, that was nice. Yeah, and then we hit right into the theme song, Yeah, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I still miss the classic. I know we talked about that I yeah, think, in our opening. first... Yeah, I think we talked about that in our first podcast, but maybe just because I'm such a nostalgic person, but I yeah. really enjoyed... The visuals from the original intro. That was a really a fun one. So the next scene, we're in Alexandria. Magna seems on edge. A um, bit. <laughs> which I mean, she's overall more chill as a character. Yes. In this in this episode, I feel like I remember her being more of a, a high strong character. Mm-hmm. And even though she seems a little on edge at the beginning, maybe because she's on guard. But yeah, yeah. Uh, o- like overall, she seems more relaxed. Then I, I remember her being yeah in, more in past like episodes. a little softer. Oh yeah, her character is definitely a lot softer than I remembered her being, and it was it was interesting though because she's up on the lookout and it looks like she was aiming to hit one of the birds, one of the hawks or whatever they were that were circling around yeah. up there. I guess Either, yeah, maybe she was just bored. Maybe and maybe it was just I don't know her looking like she was going to aim at one of the birds. I guess that kind of goes into the. The town is basically starving. That maybe Magna oh. was... Maybe she's just really hungry. Yeah, maybe she thought if she can get a, a crow or something like that, maybe yeah. they could eat that. Yeah. I didn't think about that. And I, that won't go far if no. it's just one crow. But they're that desperate. And, yeah, and even if it means just, like, she can eat. Because especially the people that are on guard and just protecting the community, they should be the ones to be the ones getting the most food. Yeah, they're, the, they're going to be the ones to help carry the you know the rest of them further yeah not to say that the other people don't deserve food too because they definitely do like the other people within the community because i know they're doing things too but they seem like they can conserve their energy yeah exactly i feel as though if that were me in alexandria i would much rather the people that were guarding the walls and guarding and they have to really be thinking and focusing i would rather them take my portion of food than myself have the portion of food so then, yeah, we see Carol and Kelly. They're coming back from some sort of run, and then Magna comes down the ladder and talks to Kelly, and she's talking to Kelly about her missing her shift. And then they kind of go into, do you even want to do the shift with me anymore kind of thing? Yeah. I think they said something like that. And Kelly seems like she still wants to. And I guess they are sisters. So Kelly, Magna, and Connie are, are sisters? They, are I, they? I guess so. Well, I was just saying, like, sister, you know, of the traveling <laughs> pants or something like that. But. Oh, the sister of the traveling pants. Yeah. I And I guess... 
you do get close to people in this world yeah really quickly but i don't know we'll have to find out if they are sisters because i know in the previous seasons when we first were introduced to them i don't remember hearing that they were siblings maybe they said that at one point and i just yeah. missed it but i just I, thought maybe I they met they each other that, i think i think they said that connie at least was kelly's sister yeah i think or they that, are I, think, I feel like that was the dynamic there see that would make more sense though because <laughs> if if they both have hearing issues, yeah. that could be a, a family trait. Yeah, I don't mean like a family trait. I mean the hard of hearing thing could be hereditary yeah. type of thing. Yeah, and it's possible. Yeah. Magna asks Kelly if she wants to talk about it. And I'm like, what are they wanting to talk about? Connie's still missing? Yeah. Because... It, it seems like, yeah, Kelly's... I forget what the time frame is. See, here. that's what I was just going to say, too. Like, I wish it were easier for us to follow the timeline because it has been so long since we watched that episode where Connie is in that cave mm-hmm. and the cave falls because of Carol. Mm-hmm. But it's been so long since we've watched it. I don't remember what the duration is between then and tonight's episode. Yeah. Like, it could only be within the past two weeks, really. Yeah. I'm not sure. I know we'll we'll come to that again at some point and we'll we'll find out. Yeah, we'll probably be like, oh yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So then you see the next scene is Carol walking and she sees Aaron and some of the other Alexandrians. They're they're pulling up the walls to stand them up properly. Mm-hmm. And Carol just wanders off and she goes to the supply room and then Aaron comes in and confronts her about her missing her morning shift to help with the wall. And Carol I hate when she gets in these moods. Yeah. Because she's like, I understand she wants, she's she's doing things to better the community. She's doing things, be, she's doing the hard things mm-hmm. for people because she knows what needs to be done. But I also hate when she neglects her other responsibilities. Yeah, she blows everybody else off. Exactly. Like her other responsibility was meeting with Aaron and the other Alexandrians to help with putting the wall back up. Yeah. But then she said that she's going to just go out and track the horses. And she's saying that they're almost out of MREs and they only have so much food. And they're basically almost out of food. Yeah. And that I guess she was even saying something about the ground isn't good for growing and they're basically going to starve to death. Mm-hmm. Then Aaron seems annoyed, though, because the walls need to be repaired. And all she seems to be focusing on is retrieving the horses. Yeah. Yeah, she seems a little narrow-minded. A little bit. Although, hmm, I, I do lean towards Carol's point of view. I mean, if right. they could get the horses, mm-hmm. they could help build those walls. They could help lift those walls yep. and use them. And then, um, well, I mean, we'll we'll see how else how else they use the horses later on. Yeah, well, that, but, yeah that's uh, in this episode, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think... I think the horses should be. Oh man, it's it's hard to it's hard to say. They need yeah. the walls. Yeah, they, they do need the walls. That's one of the first and foremost things. But they also need food yeah. because if they're going to put the walls up, they're going to be exerting themselves physically. So they're going to need food to continue to keep keep yeah. their bodies going. So I I see where Carol's coming from one hundred percent because if she feels as though they've already looked within walking distance of where alexandria is they need the horses to be able to go out further yeah to get more food so i do see her point i just kind of sometimes i hate the way that she approaches things and she feels like it's a very it's all on me type of thing even though she does end up getting a group herself and three other people to get the horses so at least it wasn't just her but still she's neglecting the whole Aaron thing with getting the walls up yeah and i think both, you know, quote-unquote risks. Not not that even building the walls is really a risk. That's sort of... I think that Carol going after the horses is not a definite. You know, it's something that they need and it's something that they should do. But I think rebuilding the walls 
probably should be prioritized only because that is a definite thing that they need. Mm-hmm. It's something they can absolutely do. Right. Right now, the horses are a question mark. They don't even know if they're still alive yeah. at this point. Yeah. And they're they're risking time and effort when it could be used to be, you know, building the walls mm-hmm. and, you know, doing something that they absolutely do need. And then they'll be safer next time they go out to to look for the horses. Yeah. Because at least, like, right now, the whisperer threat is over. And... Or is it? (laughs) It is. And they don't really know about the Reapers too much yet. I don't don't think the people at Alexandria know that Daryl and Negan and Maggie came that close to the Reapers. And that's Mm -hmm. the kind of crap storm that they're currently going through. But who's to say a huge horde won't come their way? Because they happen sometimes. Like, I know in previous seasons they've said how the the walkers seem to almost migrate mm-hmm. or something. So if the walls are already pretty much weakened, we might get a huge horde of walkers coming through, and then they're going to have to fight off them. All right, then we go to a, a scene with the kids playing a game called Slapjack, which I've never actually heard of before. Me either. Um, Seems fun, though. Yeah, it's, it, it looks like an easy game to play. Yeah. We'll have to learn it. I think it's pretty easy. I think you just keep on slapping down cards until it, you get to a jack. Yeah, and then you hit it. And then you win yeah, the and then you gotta like pile. slap it and try to take the whole pile. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I noticed that Judith talked about Michonne for the first time in a long while. Yeah, yeah, because Herschel asks Judith if she ever gets worried with her mom going away. Yeah. And Judith says that she's used to it, and the parents are always saying, "I promise, I'll see you soon. We'll be back." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Herschel kind of says, sort of like, "Yeah, but I think they kind of just say that." To make themselves. themselves to feel, yeah. like, for themselves to feel better. And then Judith said, yeah, but my mom always comes back. But. Yeah. yeah. She, didn't, she didn't sound too sure, though. I think she sounds a little worried about it. Because it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we don't quite know how long it's been. At least that Jeremy and I remember. <laughs> Again, leading to the Connie thing. Like, how long yeah. has that been? We need to keep a better timeline of that stuff. But I know it hasn't been that, that long. Like, it hasn't been years. But it's definitely been at least a couple weeks. Yeah. So I would definitely be worrying worrying about Michonne if she were my mom, too. Hell yeah. So now we're back over to Maggie, and she's walking along, and she's walking through some sort of parking lot. and could be some sort of department store. It seems like maybe a mall or something like that. And she tries to go over to one of the doors to see if it'll open, and then a freaking knife just comes flying right by her, <laughs> and it sticks right in the wall. Everybody knows how to throw a knife perfectly in this world. <laughs> I know. Now, I don't know if you ever tried throwing a knife, but... Nine out of ten times, you're hitting it, like, handle, side, or whatever. <laughs> it's it's, dink, it's dink, 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 dink. It's flicking <laughs> off the tree or whatever you're throwing it at. Yeah. I've never, I, well, I have been able to throw a knife and stick it, but it's very rare. Yeah. So one of my thoughts, though, is, like, we were just saying about how they have such perfect aim and all that stuff. So were they really trying to aim at her head, or were they trying to just scare her so badly and aim to her left? Hmm. Because if they have such a great aim, because really they were Maybe. hitting, they were hitting our people when they were in the beginning of this episode when they were going through the woods. Like they hit Negan, yeah, and they hit a couple people like Duncan. They definitely hit him quite yeah. a bit, and then which we'll find out more about him in this episode later on. They hit Gage in the neck, and they were definitely hitting people. Yeah. So oh, they yeah, are they're... good at their aim. Yeah. So that makes me wonder: were they really? They could have gotten Maggie. Basically, is what I'm saying. I know. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, I don't blame Maggie for not sticking around to find Hell out. Oh no. Yeah, she runs off and she tries to find the next door and she gets it open and she goes in and it's a super dark stairwell. 
And she has her flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> um, for, well, do you have uh, Do you have it written down about your the bottles on the door? Not yet. I was just gonna say that actually, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, go ahead. Do you want to say it? No, go ahead. Oh no! I was just I, I I just have I love the bottles on the door you know, yeah. as an alarm. Hell yeah! So easy, and it was quite convenient that they had bottles nearby. Yeah, I know that was very but, convenient. Uh, One of the answers. Yeah, that. so she she puts bottles on the handles of the uh, it looks like a fire escape door. Yeah, or not fire escape, but emergency exit or I don't know. Not just any any type of door really. It's the one where those when levers. You're, yeah, when you're inside like a department store just inside of a stairwell for a parking garage and the bar goes right across i mean if you saw the episode you would know <laughs> where it's you, just like yeah. you would know but the bar that goes across i I do like that she put the bottles. so simple yeah super it was very quick, smart and yeah it makes a lot of sense i liked it a lot yeah i really liked that and i think when we first watched it we're like "Ooh, that's a really good idea yeah yeah <laughs> we're keeping that in our noodle oh yeah yeah, and then she walks around and she goes inside and you can see, like, it's really abandoned and uh, the escalator's there. It just looked so cool. Yeah, it was a really good scene. Yeah, it looked really cool. Definitely scary. And she finds another stair- stairwell. And it definitely reminds me of season one with Rick in the hospital. Yeah, I have that. Yeah. Especially a little bit, like, a couple minutes in like past where I'm talking about right now. She ends up dropping her flashlight and she yeah. uses the match or the, the lighter. Yeah. That so reminded me of the first season. Yeah. It's nice and dark, very quiet. Mm-hmm. I would be so scared to be in that stairwell alone. And then hearing just the walkers and it kind of reverberates. The sound reverberates off the walls. Mm-hmm. But it's still quiet after that. You might just hear some dripping of like water or something. Yeah. But it's so scary how quiet it is. And just to be alone. Yeah. And then they have a good jump scare. Well, wait, wait, before <laughs> I, I don't want to jump ahead too, too far. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so she winds up finding a uh, a walker, right? Mm-hmm. The walker comes out, and she fights it, and it breaks the railing. Breaks the railing and takes her flashlight mm-hmm, with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah. I think she, she definitely looked over the edge like, like, oh, crap. You son of a bitch. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> then the flashlight's gone, and that's when she uses that lighter, and that's where it reminded me of Rick mm-hmm. when in the first season, when he just wakes up from the hospital, and he has the matches. Oh my god, he looked so frail when he was doing it, too. Remember how frail he looked? Because he had just oh, gotten yeah. up out of bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But then, it was really creepy with Maggie when she lit the lighter, and there was enough light, and then you could see the skull-masked reaper behind her. Yeah. <gasps> he, he was just about to get her. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the bottles break. Yes. So there were two yeah. after her. That was that was good timing though that yeah. the bottles fell because I think it startled that reaper too. Yeah, it startled that reaper. Did she slice his his leg? I think she like cut his leg. She might have. And then tossed him over the banister. Yeah, he ends up falling, and he fell and broke the banister just the same as the walker. Yeah, a few stories down did. And then like. She stood over and watched, and he must have gotten back up because you hear footsteps See, shortly afterwards. That's what I'm questioning, too. You hear the footsteps, but is that the same Reaper? I don't know. He if, didn't scream. Right. I don't know if that... But, dang, he had to have fallen and hit his back at least pretty hard. Like, oh, that, And it seemed like between the time that he fell, like when he broke the railing, and then we heard the footsteps, I don't remember if we heard the footsteps right before he fell or what... I don't, I don't remember. I don't no, remember if they the matched footsteps, up. He definitely falls over the banister. Okay. And she's looking over. He doesn't scream. No, he doesn't. I don't know if he even, like, gives a little... Yeah. I wonder if they would. I'd be crying. Well, but, I'm surprised they didn't have... What's that scream you're always quoting? Oh, the Wellum cry. Yeah. Explain. Well, the Wellum cry. Explain that for people that never heard of that. All right. So the Wellum cry, Um, I think I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> Let us know. 
But the the Whelm cry, I believe it's W H E L L. Respell it. No, the Whelm cry. Uh, it was from a really old movie, and a character, I believe, named Wellum, uh, screamed in a, in such a way. Oh man, I can't do it. <laughs> they have it in almost every movie. Yeah. They reuse the sound effect from that movie, and that movie's from like the fifties or sixties. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure. It's a really old movie. It's definitely used in Star Wars quite a few times. Um, even current movies, I yeah, hear yeah, once in a while. Every once in a while, we'll and, hear it and we'll point it out. Yeah, sometimes it'll be obvious. Other times, it'll be way in the background. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that would have been funny if they had the Wellen crying. Yeah, there. I know. Wouldn't have been. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know if that was the same walker that, or I'm sorry, if that was the same reaper that we heard his footsteps. And then if that's the same one that fell mm. over the side. Yeah. It could be the one that set off the alarms, the yeah, glass could be. bottles alarm. Uh, and maybe he just he or she ran faster once they realized one of the reapers had fallen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Then after that, she hears the footsteps and she takes off. So now we're back at Gabe in the woods, and he has a knife through his freaking hand and his leg. It looks like he, oh, and his leg. It looked like I I think it was stabbed into his leg was and his really? hand. So oh, I think snap. it pinned his hand to his leg. Oof, man, that's even worse. Yeah. See, I thought it was just through his hand, and he was like sitting. In the woods and yeah. resting his hand on his that's thigh. How I, that's how I interpret it. Unless he got stabbed in the hand, and then he's like, "Isn't that a knee slapper?" And, like, <laughs> and he stabbed himself. So he's like, "Oh crap!" And then he started praying. <laughs> but okay, so we see that the knife is at least through his hand, possibly his thigh, and then he starts praying. And then he sees a, re- a reaper hobbling down the the pathway there. And then they pan back over to him, and he just pulls the knife out. And I'm like, "Dang, that really had to freaking hurt." If that were me. <laughs> I would have had to put something in my mouth, so I wouldn't I'm scream. calling it a day uh, at that point, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm done, done for the day. Go take a nap. But I definitely would have at least put something in my mouth. I don't know how he didn't scream or wasn't a little bit louder than eh, that. Maybe, maybe he built up some adrenaline. Maybe, maybe that's why he took a little break. He's like, I need to settle down a little bit just before I do this to replenish my adrenaline that's reserves. True. Yeah. So, yeah, he pulls that out, and then... Uh, doesn't take too long before he gets up and then he starts hobbling away too but he looks like he's heading towards the same direction that the reaper that he just spotted is mm-hmm. heading so um, i can't wait to talk about that little scene yeah. that was it was, it was a short i mean the scene that we we're just talking about it was short but it was short yeah follows up shortly afterwards too yeah because now we're back at maggie at the store mm-hmm. it, it's really creepy how they had the layout set up because it's pretty the abandoned Dude, whenever yes. you have mannequins mannequins mm-hmm. as like a silhouette because it always plays out as is that just a mannequin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's happened in a lot of scary movies where there's a ton of mannequins and then it's mm-hmm. like the the person with the knife is hiding within the mannequins yeah. and it's hard to spot them. So they're just standing still and then they pop, they pop out. So yeah. And that's kind of what happens, you know? But yeah, it's creepy with the mannequins and then something falls over and that startled me, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, no, did she knock that over? I don't know if she knocked it over. I mean, maybe it was one of those instances because she was a little bit of a distance away from it, but she could have walked past it. So maybe she brushed up against it or just her walking past it made it wobble, whatever it was, and then it fell. But it scared her, too. Like, she definitely jumped. But then she kind of got back to her mission, and then she saw Alden. He popped out. And Mm -hmm. then, dang, that was short-lived because then a reaper grabs him, and then somebody (laughs) grabs her. (laughs) She stabs him in the face. 
Yeah, with well, a broken bottle. Yeah, he has her pinned down for a little while, and then you can hear that Alden's also getting punched over there. Yeah, then, so, yeah, so it does confirm that there were two Reapers. There were there. at least two Reapers down there, yeah, because then Maggie grabs that glass bottle, and then she breaks it. That bottle broke super easy. I feel like you, especially at the angle, because I feel like her back was to the ground. She kind of, like, grabbed it and then pushed her arm back to break yeah. it. I feel like it would have bounced a little bit. I've never yeah. really tried to break a bottle, though. I should really let's, try and break a bottle. It. And we have we have leather gloves. Yeah, I'll have for to. safety and, and safety glasses. Yeah, I have to try that because I'm like, dang, that really broke easy. I do kind of want to start doing that. Maybe we'll do that for uh, just, you know, to get ready for the apocalypse. There we go. <laughs> I know how to break a bottle. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> but I feel like that broke really freaking easy. But yeah, she grabs a bottle and then she stabs him with with it in the neck or the mm-hmm. head or something. I, yeah, I, th- she, I think she stabs him in the face. Yeah, damn. In the face. It's pretty rough. And then Negan saves her again. Brownie and, points. Yep, and okay. he uh, hits the Reaper over the head with a crowbar. And then Maggie quickly throws a knife. Once she kind of, once Negan helped her with that, she kind of gr- gets up really quickly and then she uh, throws a knife at the Reaper that's on Alden. Mm-hmm. Then the Reaper just blindly throws two, I don't know if they were flash grenades or they, regular grenades. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were them. just a flashbang. That's what it seemed so, like. That's what yeah, it seemed like. Yeah, no, nothing really got damaged. It, it seemed like a big flash and then they were gone. Yeah, because then Negan... There's a big blood stain on the floor too. Yeah, Negan sees the... The grenades that he just threw in at the time, Negan just saw, he threw something and assumed grenades. So again, more brownie points for Negan. He sees them and he pushes Maggie and himself out of the way. But again, he pushes Maggie out of the Mm -hmm. way. Can I just say, um, I mean, I'm I'm not going to give any spoilers for the next episode, but we we did see the the next episode. We did see the next episode. We saw the next episode. I just want to point out that, okay, one Reaper died and another Reaper has a wound on his back. Mm -hmm. And dragged off the dead uh, reaper yes that comes into play yeah uh, that's all i want to say yeah no spoilers technically well um i don't know maybe well, you've been warned already so <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah but not up to the next episode that we didn't talk about yet on the podcast but we'll see it's not a huge huge spoiler it's just a little like pay attention to that little pay nugget attention. pay attention to the nugget that jeremy just gave you and then when you watch the next episode You'll see what happens. Yeah. But it is interesting that they see that blood trail. Mm-hmm. And then we see Alden leaning up against a pole of some sort. And uh, uh, he does not look so hot. He obviously has some stomach wounds because he lifts up his shirt and he shows us. And I don't know how intense those stomach what? wounds are. Yeah, I know. It It looked pretty bad. But at the same time, like, I feel like... I've seen like I feel like we've seen worse on the show. Yeah, he's acting like a baby. I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it hurts. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's not good, but yeah. it's not a bite. No, at least it's not a bite. That's yeah. true. And they're trying to get him up, and Negan's kind of surprised that they're gonna try and keep going. And Maggie wants to continue with the plan and uh, find the supply tower, and then wait for the others. And then Negan's kind of like, dude, what if the others are dead? Listen, I know theatrics. These people showed us how insane they really are. We oh, can't, yeah. They can't be on the road. We can't be on any kind of road that they can use. It's a shit plan that he's telling Maggie. Now, my question with that is, could he almost be talking about himself with that? Oh, oh yeah. Because Yeah, he, he's like, they're using tactics that he used to use. Absolutely. Like when he kept locking the roads using his saviors when Maggie was pregnant and they had the RV. And, and I know Rick was very determined and he thought that he can get past Negan and I think that was one of the yeah. times that Negan or I'm sorry that was one of the times that Rick was kind of like oh fuck I don't think we have this I yeah. think I think Negan yeah is stronger and smarter than us at that point Sheesh. yeah so that's I'm thinking that Negan's kind of like 
yeah, dude, I know these people because I I was that. Yeah. And then Maggie basically says, you tell me a better plan that doesn't starve all of us. And then Negan's saying, I'm on your side, Maggie. And then help me with them then. And then they get all all done up and they start walking out. Yeah. Yeah, I like that line. I'm on your side, Maggie. Yeah, I'm on your side. I liked that a lot, like, too. Come on. I'm, I'm trying to help. Yeah, he's proving himself yeah. to her. I think he still has a long way to go for her. Yeah. Well, well yeah. It's it's one of those things, like, can it ever really be enough yeah, with I know. what they've been through? Yeah. But he's definitely, he's definitely helping a lot. He's risking himself a lot. Yeah. So then we cut to a scene with Rosita harvesting some mushrooms. And Carol jumps in and says, uh, not unless you want Coco tripping the light fantastic. <laughs> which is definitely a phrase I'm going to hold in my me- memory bank for later. Tripping the light fantastic. Yeah, I wanted to look up what that means because apparently... Tr- tripping. Well, of course, definitely yeah. tripping, tripping the light fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is that some sort of movie reference that Carol's tripping having? But it's obvious that... Uh, They're magic mushrooms. Yeah, I was going to say, for those of you that don't know, the Rosita must have been picking magic mushrooms or psychedelic mushrooms and not mm. realizing that. So I guess it's... But you know what? It's kind of hard. Carol was like... That's exactly Ten yards say. away. How, How the hell did she know? <laughs> exactly. Unless she was growing them. Maybe, was, maybe that was her mushroom patch. I don't know. <laughs> She's going to be was... tripping the light fantastic later. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. Like, how did she know they were those mushrooms when she was that far away? Yeah. There are a lot of edible mushrooms out there. Oh, yeah. But then I guess Rosita is like, wait, what are you guys up to? And Carol says that, she, do you want to come help us catch horses, basically? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I know you weren't. I'm not even a Pokemon person. But, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me either. <laughs> so yeah, then Magna, Carol, Rosita, and Kelly, they're trying to get the horses, and the horses just keep on running away. Do they even know what the hell they're doing? <laughs> they're not... Who do they think they are, Daryl? I know, like, right? Like, Daryl would be the one to track them down. Well, I mean, he's, they tracked the, them. They tracked they, them. They did. But they can't catch them. <laughs> <laughs> Why, because they're women? No, I'm a woman and I'm saying it. No. I am. Women can be sexist. Yeah, but I'm not sexist. Okay. I'm just saying. I just don't think they have the knowledge, no matter what their gender is. They don't have the knowledge, <laughs> obviously, to catch these horses. They looked a little sloppy when they were... They did look a little sloppy. Yes. The <laughs> so then after that, like, the horse runs away and they seem a little discouraged. So then Carol kind of wanders and then Rosita catches up to Carol. And uh, then Rosita says she keeps having dreams about Abraham. Yeah, and, yeah, we haven't heard about Abraham in a long time. Yeah, it's been a little bit, and that she keeps having dreams that Abraham is warning her about something, but she can't hear him, or she keeps waking up at that part, and then, or no, then he keeps getting shot in the head, that's one of the things. Mm. And I guess it used to freak her out, which, jeez, I don't blame her, but now she thinks it's like a message or a warning for yeah. Alexandria. She did say shot in the head, right? That's what I heard. No, that's what I thought I heard. Anyway. Shot. No, does she, or does she just mean with the baseball bat? Hmm. I mean, that's Shot. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's he got hit in the head with Lucille from Negan, but in her dream, could she be seeing it maybe as less gory mm. as I mean, it's still gory to see a loved one shot in the head. I'm sure, but it's less gory than baseball. The, that yeah, than it actually happened. A little less bloody, possibly. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'm I thought she said shot in the head. I thought so too. Yeah. But either way, I'm curious what that means. And I'm, I'm wondering if they'll have 
if they'll have that sequence at all. Like, you know how sometimes they'll have... They'll show a dream. Right, they'll show a dream. So I wonder if I wonder if Abraham will pop up at all. Ooh. That'd be nice. Yeah, I know, that'd be a nice way to work the, the actor back in there. Yeah, I know he's been directing some of the episodes. At least that's what I I think I read somewhere. I can't remember his name offhand. Michael Cutlets? Ooh, something yeah, like I think that. you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Whoa, that came to me quick. Nice. <laughs> Good job, Rain. But, uh, yeah, that'd be nice to see him again. He was fun. Yeah. I liked yeah, I liked him. him a lot. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? Uh, no, just... I just wonder if they're going to reference that again later on. I hope they do come back to that. I feel like they have to. If they threw it in there, I yeah. feel like that that's something that they could talk about further. Yeah. So then we're back over to Negan, Maggie, and Alden. And it looks like Maggie kind of referenced some sort of map that she had. And I guess the place that they're traveling to is two, is still two miles away. So it's a bit longer than she thought. And I think she's a little concerned because Alden is not doing so hot. Yeah. You know what? Oh, and, and I'm sorry. This just came to me, too. Hmm. This does remind me of Rick trying to outsmart uh, the saviors. Because Maggie went into this kind of cocky and arrogant. Kind of like Rick when he was going going against hmm. the, uh, the saviors. saviors. And uh, the more the group gets whittled down and separated, she's starting to panic more. Yeah, that is kind of what happened with Rick, too. Yeah. And even Negan, like... Negan saw it kind of coming now. Like, Negan's right. trying to say, I know how these people operate. Yeah, because he knew the theatrics and yeah. all that. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, she does seem to get a little flustered. And I, I also wonder if she's getting a little flustered just because currently it's just Negan, Maggie, and Alden. And mm-hmm. Alden is obviously injured and he can't go at a normal pace mm-hmm. he he is slowing them down no matter which way oh, she dices it he's the maggie oh because before it was yeah she was Mag- pregnant. yeah maggie was pregnant and she was kind of slowing them down she definitely she was. was the priority and they're mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like it's very similar yeah a little yeah. bit it is yeah that's interesting how how the tables have turned mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so then they uh they get up they, they s- hear screaming yeah they hear screaming and i love negan so we're just gonna go towards the screaming Cool. Cool. <laughs> I freaking love Negan. It works out, I mean, because it, it turns it turns out to be Agatha. Yeah, they see Agatha, and she she seems slightly relieved that it's Maggie, and she calls for Maggie, mm-hmm. and she says that Duncan's in there. And then um, when Maggie goes in with Agatha to see Duncan, Alden takes down a walker, but it's obvious that he's in rough shape, and Negan's face is just kind of like, oh, baby, this is going to be a rough one. All right, so yeah, we got a really touching scene with uh, Maggie apologizing to Duncan. Mm-hmm. Duncan has no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Yeah, they have a nice little heart to heart, and he's basically saying that they were lucky. And she's like, "Yeah, for a little while." And it makes me sad because he makes her promise to get Agatha home, mm-hmm. which obviously um, spoilers. We've already warned everyone yeah. that in the podcast we're talking about spoilers for this episode. Obviously, we know what happens to Magatha. Uh, Magatha. Oh, my Mag- God. I just... That's Maggie and Agatha. <laughs> yeah. Magatha. Magatha. <laughs> Sounds like a crazy superhero. Magatha. Magatha. But, Ma- uh, I was in it again. <laughs> <laughs> we Agatha. know Agatha doesn't make it. Yeah, Agatha does not make it, and neither does Magatha. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, but Ag- Magatha. I know. But Agatha doesn't make it. And then yeah. Duncan seems uh, to just pass. Yeah, but- I'm I'm bummed about Duncan too because I mean I he too. was a big he was a big cool guy yeah I, 
We didn't really get to know no. anything about him. And you know what? He reminded me a little bit of Jerry. Yeah. Because I think it yeah, was... Yeah, he'd be like a Jerry character. I think it, I think it was mm. in the first episode. It was within the season. They went yeah. back. I think it was the first season. How he seemed like he was looking at... Oh, who was he looking at? Well, all the kids. It was Judith. Well, he, well, he was looking at Herschel like he was like real tough. Yeah. And then he, he lightened up yeah, he all of a sudden him. and he gave him a big hug. Yeah, and then he put him on his shoulders, I think. Yeah. So I... He's I, like a big teddy bear. He is. And that just reminds me of Jerry, too. We mm-hmm. need more people like that because, oh, I love them so much. But that's going to be hard for Herschel to hear about. Yeah. Because we don't know too much of Herschel's backstory yet. We don't know... We don't know how much, if at all, Maggie has told Herschel about his father, Glenn. And we don't know, like, how many people that he loves, like Duncan, Mm -hmm. that have passed away. And how is she going to break that to Herschel? Yeah. He seems like he was pretty close with him. So that's probably going to be hard. Um, But one of the things... So Duncan seems to pass after he says, make sure you get Agatha home safely. It just seems like... Okay, so she takes care of him. Like, she puts the knife in. Yeah. Like you typically do if you're smart. Why is it always so easy to stab a knife through a person's head? Like, <laughs> he just died. Like, she put the knife in within 10 seconds of him passing. Yeah. There was nothing, like, nothing happened. No de- decomposition started yet. She, they must know, I, I don't know the full anatomy. I'm sure there's a, a joint right between the last. Like vertebrae? Vertebrae. And the hole where your spinal cord, your yeah, your spinal cord yeah. goes in, or your uh, brainstem. Mm-hmm. Th- that's that's the only thing I can think of. She's like sliding in between that little gap, and going into the the brainstem. Maybe, but it seems like that's some in previous episodes. It seems like freshly passed away people, they've stabbed them kind of like behind the ear. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, maybe. I've never tried it, and I never plan on trying that, so I don't know. But it just seems like it's, like, super easy. It's almost like butter. Like a a hot knife going through (laughs) butter. That's what it seems like to me. I could see a walker, it going through a walker very easily, because they're already really, really... Decomposed. Yeah, very far along with that. But when a person just freshly turns, or not even turns, but just freshly dies... Yeah. Yeah. I have to try it sometime. (laughs) At least on a coconut. Dude, we'll probably end up going to the hospital because we'll cut our hand before we oh, actually gloves. go for the coconut. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. So now now we have to... Uh, Break a bottle. Yeah, I was going to say... we have stab to, it into a coconut. This podcast is turning into a science podcast. <laughs> science we'll let you podcast, know how that goes. Yeah. Science podcast for the zombie apocalypse. And we'll let you know if we have to go to the hospital too because yeah. we can cut ourselves. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. So now we're back to Carol and company and they're looking for horses. Well... They do find horses. Yep, but not the way they wanted. Um, yeah, so they come up across some dead horses, and mm-hmm. you would think that the horses would be smart or fast enough to stay away from the walkers. You would think that, but maybe they got inundated. Inundated. That's a good word. Thank you. Thank you, Ice. Nice use of the word inundated. Thanks. I smart. Yeah. Still, I mean, I don't know. They're powerful, too. Like, I feel like they could, like, plow through. I don't know. Yeah. Unless it was a herd. Yeah, exactly. I guess if it were a herd. Then... Where they were located, where their bodies were located, there was a small river. So they maybe saw the river and got freaked out with the ledge being there and stuff. So maybe they just got taken. Because, okay. I mean, look at season one with Rick. I know I referenced season one. I cannot wait to watch those again and start podcasts. But look at Rick with him taking the horse into the city. 
that horse got taken down real freaking quick. Yeah. So really, the the walker really only needs to take the one of the legs out, and then it's yeah. The the, the horse starts freaking out a little bit. So yeah. I don't know. I don't remember how many horses were over there. It seemed like a couple though. Like two or three. Yeah. It looked like two or three got killed. Yeah, it seemed like a couple. I feel bad because then you hear. I don't know. It just seems like it took the wind out of their sails, you know. Oh yeah. And, and Kelly was just like, "No, no!" And then she starts crying, and yeah. I feel bad. Carol, Carol starts uh, fighting. Oh, we gotta go. We got we gotta keep mm-hmm. on going on. Yeah. But yeah. she just needed a hug. She did. Yeah. Everybody's kind of like, "Dude, we'll come back tomorrow. It's all right." But Carol seems not super frantic, but she is a little frantic because yeah, she saying, seems desperate. Yeah, she feels desperate. Yeah, because she's saying that Alexandria needed these horses pretty much yesterday, and then Magna calls for Carol, and she goes over and just hugs her. And yeah. man, sometimes you really do just need a hug. <laughs> like it's just one of those days, just needed a hug. And uh, yeah, right after the hug, too, Carol's like, "Let's go home." Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm going back to like the beginning of the episode and the beginning of our podcast i think jeremy and i both spoke about how we feel like magna seems a little bit softer and it's almost a little out of character for her i, I feel like it's a little out of character for her too yeah yeah i, I remember her being a little bit more reclusive mm-hmm. a little more um edgy. edgy yeah edgy is a good word for it yeah and then so after that uh, they start walking back home and then they spot some running horses Oh, yeah. It was so majestic. <laughs> and then Rosita mentions there being a dairy farm up ahead, so they could pretty much just lead the horses there and pen them in. Mm-hmm. That was that was super convenient. Yeah, yeah. That was super freaking convenient. And then they get them in the pen, and they try and lasso them again. And Kelly kind of starts picking up on them, like, not really wanting to go anywhere. The horse is not wanting to yeah, go anywhere. Yeah, they're not running. Yeah, they're not running, but They maybe... were running. <laughs> no, they, they were, were running. running. They were running. Obviously, they wouldn't be chasing after them. Yeah. But I think the people were freaking them out a little mm-hmm. bit because they kept throwing the ropes at them and stuff and they kept missing and stuff. So she suggests they just drop the ropes. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. Uh, and then Carol tries to go up to one of them. And at first the horse is a little spooked, it seems, and it kind of gets back up on its back legs. But then the horse seems to calm down and then Carol pets it. And was that the poor horse? Oh. That had a look at the flowers? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Poor horsey. She's like, I choose you. Yeah. <laughs> Poor horse. All right, finally we get back to Gabriel, who catches up with the the reaper Ooh. that he was uh, walking, sort of limping after, mm-hmm. after uh, pulling that knife out of his leg. Yeah, yeah, you can hear the reaper praying. You, can, you know he's on the ground, but you hear him yeah. praying a little bit. And then he, he says to Gabe, don't be scared. And I love that Gabe's like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was very... Uh, Almost annoyed by the, the statement. <laughs> like, dude, I'm not. Yeah, I know. You know, I, I used to be really annoyed with Gabe. There were a lot of things in the oh, beginning yeah. when we first met him that just royally pissed me off. And I can't wait to rewatch the episodes and then you and I will discuss him further. But man, he is such a badass now. He's come a long way. Yeah, he is a huge, a huge asset to the group, and he has been for good couple years now mm-hmm. he's a great addition but i like that the reaper was asking gabe to pray for him and gabe basically said you tried to kill my friends mm-hmm. and the reaper is like yeah but they tried to kill me and he yeah asks, they tried to kill you because you freaking shot at them yeah like, instantly yeah yeah the our people are not they're not the the instigators here yeah they're the reapers are kind of the the ones doing all the crap and then, so the Reaper again asks them to pray for him. Even your enemies deserve that much. And then this is when the Reaper and Gage, or uh, Gabe rather, 
they have such a great line going on together. Yeah. Because the Reaper was like, I thought you were a man of God. And then Gabe... You, you want me to say it? Go ahead. Yeah, Gabe, God isn't here anymore. And then stabs him right in the head. Dang. Yeah, that was... That was... I wonder how hard that was for that character to say something like that. Gabe? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, not not just... A few minutes before, because I'm, I'm sure it wasn't too long before that uh, Gabriel pulled the knife out of his leg. Mm-hmm. He was praying. He was. Yeah, he was just praying. He pulled it out, yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, God isn't here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so I wondered... I wonder if this whole time now... Because I know for a little bit Gabe definitely faltered with his faith and he kind of was going through some crap... I wonder if he's fully back to believing in God again or if he's still teeter-tottering a little bit. You yeah. know, if he's, like you just said, he was just praying before he pulled the knife out. But was that just more of a habitual thing? Mm. Or was that he genuinely believes there is still a God there? I don't know. Maybe it was just a badass thing to say to him before he died. That's true. Yeah, just kind of scare him a little bit. And Maybe. Kind of just say... Uh, Screw you, you're on your own, buddy. Who knows, maybe he killed the guy and was like, I was just joking, God. (laughs) I didn't mean it. I'm just joking. I just want to scare him a little bit. (laughs) So after that badass... Put put the fear of you in him. (laughs) After that badass scene with Gabe, we're back over to Negan, Maggie, and Alden. This is the part, they're just kind of standing in the woods now. This is after the Duncan, after Maggie had to put Duncan down because he had just passed away and Negan's basically like I can help you your friends trusted me for a long mm. time you were gone for a really long time things... I, did, I like that line yeah your, fr- your friends trusted me mm-hmm. and that like Negan was also saying that things change people change and Maggie's basically like no maybe you've got them fooled but not me and then stop pretending you're one of us you're good yeah. at lying to yourself like you are to everyone else and then I think that kind of stings Negan a little bit so he just kind of brushes past them well she's been gone so long she hasn't really seen him redeem himself right at all or she hasn't seen the uh, metamorphosis that he's really kind of undergone yeah I mean metamorphosis good word he's been uh, you know really worn down for a long time yeah and he has shown that he's kind of changed his his mode of thinking yeah in a lot of ways yeah He's, he's, yeah, he's not the same person. He definitely isn't. He's proved himself quite a few times. It's, it's still going to be hard. It would be hard for me. But again, she's been gone for a very long time. She was with that Georgie person. And I, I would love to know if we ever find out about her. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe the Reapers got her too. Mm -hmm. Because Maggie hasn't said, unless Maggie doesn't know. But I don't remember if there was any mention of anything with Georgie. Like if... She was with, if Maggie was with Georgie, and then Georgie kind of just went on her own mission and then hasn't heard from her since, and yeah. who knows what that time frame was, too. So then after Negan brushes past them, Maggie puts her arm around Alden, and they just start walking, and he asks Maggie if she's all right, and she said that she can handle Negan, and he said he wasn't talking about Negan. What do you think he's talking about? I think, uh, I think he feels that she's losing a little bit of, uh, a little bit of grip on the situation. Hmm. She seems like she's getting flustered. With everything that's that's been going on, yeah. Again, it goes back to I think what we said earlier is that she came into this very confident and a little cocky, a little bit. And uh, man, she just got her crap rocked. Oh yeah, 
from walkers to, you know, her group kind of splitting up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then getting plowed over by the uh, the Reapers. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Negan, I know Maggie thinks that Negan, sorry, I'm just thinking about something. I think Maggie has been focusing so much on Negan mm-hmm. being a problem and she's not seeing the real issues around her as much. I can see that. And, like she's kind of Yeah, she's she's obsessed. so she's still kind of focused on Negan. Yeah, being she's flooded the with her issue. obsession. Yeah. And uh yeah, so yeah. Like her mind is just completely focused on on Negan. I don't want to say all the time because obviously the Reapers are freaking her out, but she's getting yeah. desperate. Yeah. And then she's looking at Negan as just another issue. Right. But he's not an he's a non-issue right now. Yeah, he, he's fact, not he's a threat. An, in fact, he's an ally. Yeah. But in her mind, she's still you you know treating him as another problem. Yeah, another threat. Yeah, like unnecessary evil mm-hmm. in her plan. Yeah. But she needs to forget about that. She yeah. needs to worry about the Reapers right now. Yeah. And start utilizing Negan. I agree. Yeah. And I know Alden, one of the things that he was talking about was like, I'm sure this isn't what you had envisioned for when you and Herschel came back to Alexandria. So, yeah. Because really, it's, it's currently a shitstorm at the moment. And it's, well, in Alexandria, from what I know and what I remember... Alexandria doesn't quite know about the Reapers yet, besides what maybe Maggie has talked about when they, in the first episode, they talked about just even going on this mission to get food and stuff. She maybe mentioned to that group about the Reapers and Meridian. Mm -hmm. But overall, Alexandria doesn't know that there's kind of an active war going on now with the Reapers, Mm -hmm. because for a while it was the Whisperers, and they're still trying to heal from the Whisperer situation. Then they get to Judas... Which is a burnt walker. Yeah. That was a that was a cool scene. That yeah. was definitely a really cool walker. Yeah. Do you think it's an ex reaper? Do you think it was a reaper before I, uh, they they burned him? It might be because it would make sense if the reapers seem to be a sort of almost religious, yeah, kind of cult type of situation. Yeah. That they would go with something from the Bible like yeah. Judas. It was pretty creepy. Uh, it definitely. Definitely startled me a little bit when we saw him because it was a burned walker just tied up to the tree and then Mm -hmm. just Judas written on a sign above him. Yeah. Yeah, there's always something a little added like, man, it's burnt to a crisp and it's still moving. Yeah. Like, how resilient are walkers? Like, what can you do to them? I mean, you can cut their heads off and everything and they'll still try to bite you. Yeah, I mean, you would think with a flame like that, with how charred the body looked... You would think that maybe the brain would have boiled somehow, or I would have thought, yeah. So you would think that the brain would be damaged enough to not reanimate, mm-hmm. but apparently not. Yeah, because that zombie, or sorry, Walker, <laughs> that Walker was there. I know? think at one point in in the series they do mention zombies. I don't remember. I think at one like they say zombie at one point in the entire thing hmm. i think well, well we'll find that out when we when jeremy and i rewatch the series which we're really excited to do we'll yeah. probably start rewatching from the season one episode one of the walking dead probably once this season 11 takes their hiatus in like the mm. middle of october yeah because then we're gonna roll into talking about fear the walking dead and world beyond so we still have to figure out what we want 
when we want to record and when we want to post and stuff. But yeah. we'll definitely be starting to rewatch The Walking Dead, starting with the season one, episode one, pretty soon. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Because like I have said millions of times already in the podcast, that's my favorite freaking season. Yeah. So I can't wait to really take notes and discuss it in yeah, detail. really break it down. Mm-hmm. So after they see Judas, the, you know, the uh, possible dead reaper. Mm-hmm. They don't say anything about it, right? They don't really say... They just kind of, like, look at it, like, in shock. Yeah. And then they... Uh, not to steal one of your words, but inundated mm-hmm. by walkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, I think they get... I think they, their attention kind of goes elsewhere. Yeah, they're like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they get distracted long yeah. enough to get inundated. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Agatha... Agatha gets bit. Yeah, that sucks. You know what, yeah. though? One thing... She's another character... I'm sorry. Not, she's, yeah. she's another character that, like, we really didn't get to know mm-hmm. too well. No, not too much. But, but... Maggie liked her. Yeah, it's... See, I think the thing with those characters that were with Maggie, we don't really know them, but we know them enough, and we know Ma- we know Maggie well enough to know they must be good people. Mm-hmm. So it's still, like, a hit to the gut when they're gone. It's not as painful for us as it is with other characters that go mm. because again we don't have that huge long relationship with them but it still sucks because you know they were good people yeah because maggie wouldn't be with them if they weren't good people mm-hmm. and you know one of the things right before agatha gets bit on the arm one thing i really liked about negan is how much he's showing that he is a team player and i le- i liked that when they started getting inundated with the zombies that he even seemed to kind of touch alden's back sort of like, when Alden was kind of struggling to get up the hill a little bit, he kind of touched Alden's back a little bit, kind of insinuating, like, I've got you, man. Like, I got your help, back. Help push him up. Yeah, and, like, help protect I him. I missed that. Yeah, I, I really liked that scene. And then, so he kind of, Negan kind of just kind of grabbed his, like, backpack area mm-hmm. type of thing. And I really liked that because, to me, that was, like, a connection of sorts. It's saying, a subtle, yeah, that sounds like a really subtle thing, but it means a lot. Especially from someone like Negan, who yeah. is such, like, a me, 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 and so destructive and Mm -hmm. hurtful to other people and then there was that scene where he touched his back and then i think then it was i think that's when uh agatha gets bit yeah no actually it was like a a couple seconds before agatha gets bit but after the he touches him on the back and then he takes alden up the hill a little bit and then alden takes out one of the walkers and then when alden takes that walker down it takes a lot out of alden and he falls so then that's when negan comes over and i think he takes one out for alden too Mm -hmm. but then that's when agatha gets bit on the arm and then i really love too that negan runs over and he grabs maggie and pulls her away yeah i i really feel like that shows a lot of growth with negan yeah that yeah and that scene too just shortly before well yeah i guess it was earlier that night when they were still in the train station she was very ready and willing to give up one of her people, even though... Maggie was? Yeah, Gage. Mm-hmm. Even though Gage, you know, she considered a, a liability. And a coward. Was, and a coward, yeah. He was still one of their people, but she was very willing to let him go. Mm-hmm. And now Agatha was beyond gone at this point. I mean, she got bit really bad. Yeah. And, and she's yeah. getting covered by walkers. Mm-hmm. She's still fighting to try to get him. Yeah. She's getting, uh, she's clearly getting more desperate at this point. Yeah. Trying to get to him. And Negan, Negan is still being the, uh, the voice of reason. He is. Yeah. He looks at the facts. Yeah. He's, he's like, we have to leave her. Mm -hmm. Like, not that he says that, but he's pulling her away. Like, 
she's gone. Like, we yeah. can't save her. Yeah, there's nothing you can do yeah. at this point. I mean, even if they, if she, if she just got bit in the arm by the walker, they could have done a whole, like, Maggie's dad, Herschel thing, where they cut his leg off. Mm-hmm. If that were a possibility. If it was just her arm that got bit, if it was just Agatha's arm that got bit, then yeah, maybe they could chop off her arm. I mean, yeah. just chop off her arm. But still, they could chop off her arm and maybe that would help. But she got bit on the arm and then another walker came in and then she was just taken. And it was there was really nothing they could do. And I think Agatha, in the midst of her getting bit and everything, she just tells Maggie to go. Yeah. So that's, there's that. So oof, yeah. that sucks, man. So now we're back to Carol and the girls with the horses. And they arrive at Alexandria, and some of the people from Alexandria see them walking in with the horses. And you can kind of hear them like, oh, they have horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the spirits definitely seem to be lifted for a little bit by that good news. And then you see um, they take them to, like, a stable area or something, and they tie them up. Yeah. And, uh, then you see Carol walk off with one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Magna runs up to her real quick, mm-hmm. um, asks her to stop giving fall. Yeah, stops Carol to stop giving Kate, no. Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> Thanks. Stop, stop giving Kelly false hope. Mm-hmm. About Connie. About Connie. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, Magna has kind of accepted the idea that uh, Kelly, or I'm sorry, pff, <laughs> Connie's dead. <laughs> don't, don't mind Jeremy. So He's getting names. the names kind of confizzled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's getting late. I'm getting tired. Yeah, that's okay. We got this. <laughs> but, yeah, Magna's basically just telling Carol that you're kind of giving Kelly false hope about Connie and she would really like her to stop because she's only making it harder. Like, I don't know if I fully agree with that. No, it sucks because it seems as though Connie is lost because of Carol. Yeah. Because, because again, sometimes Carol gets on these trains of thought that she's very much about the mission or she's very much about what suits her. Yeah, she and, gets fixated. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened. She was so obsessed with Alpha that she was putting herself at risk for things, which then in turn made her other people at risk of getting injured or something. And then that's what ended up happening with Connie, that the explosion happened at that cave that they were basically like drawn into and trapped in. And then Connie's been stuck in there. So yeah. I understand Magna's point of basically it's... Carol's fault that Connie's still even in there. Mm-hmm. And I think Magna actually was in there with Connie when it collapsed. So but I, Magna yeah. somehow got out. Yeah. But Connie did not yet. But I feel like we did see a scene with her that she's out. We just don't know where she is at the moment. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. They, but she they, is it's, out. it's been a hot minute since they've touched on that. Yeah, remember that guy that was tripping on a type of flower and he held up um michonne oh yeah 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 he finds her oh at the end of one of the episodes i can't remember which one yeah but she's like all dirty and everything and exhausted Mm -hmm. and then i think a horse rides up i think a horse rides up oh man and it was him and i can't think of that guy's name right now was that after the michonne after he kept Michonne kind of hostage? Oh, yeah, that was way after. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, we, I didn't think we were going to see him again. Yeah. We're going to find out his name. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out his name. I'm, I'm hoping that we'll find out some stuff. We have to find out some stuff. And I also wonder, because in previous seasons, there was a bit of a thing between Connie and Daryl. Yeah. Yeah, Daryl was definitely uh, pretty broken up about it, too. Yeah, he seemed to be having... Uh, he seemed to have, like, some sort of feelings for Connie. But... 
I don't know, like, I want to go back to the this episode with uh, Magna going to Carol and telling her kind of to back off a little bit. <sighs> Kelly seems pretty young still. I don't know how old she is. Mm-hmm. But... I don't I don't think it's that bad that she's given her hope that her sister could still be alive. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how thick Carol's laying it on though. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what Magna's worried about is that Kelly's going to con- continuously be you know disappointed day after day like mm-hmm. she's going to get her hopes up and then get beaten down, you know, like Yeah, cuz it's another day they didn't find yeah. her. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would be worse. Like, I mean, they never found her. I guess at some point you would have to let go. Assume. Yeah, you would have to just assume. Well, it's it's similar to Daryl kind of just letting go of Rick. Yeah. Because Daryl. That took years. Yeah, it, that, exactly. That took years. Like, Daryl was tracking him. He was going and going and going. And he, I think the, the trail just ran cold. So he kind of stopped. But it's kind of similar in that sense where... Daryl kind of realized and he felt like he kind of just had to let go and move on because it was really starting to mess him up. So maybe maybe Kelly will get to that point where she realizes, depending on how much time has passed, maybe Kelly will realize that she also has to let go. Yeah. But it'd be nice if Connie shows up sometime soon. I hope so. <laughs> Unless that guy is keeping her hostage that might now. Be, that might be another uh, part for the, the climax, like the ending. Maybe. Like she comes back and you know gets reunited with the whole group and everything. Yeah. Oh. So after that conversation, then uh, Carol kind of goes on her own into the stable with one of the horses. And uh, at first when we watched this, I was like, hmm, why is she getting him to lay down like that? I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> and then I'm like, do they Can... really lay down like that like all the time? Like, yeah. are they always that chill? I feel like they would have fought that a little bit more. <laughs> I Well, I knew a guy. We'll, we'll divert real quick. I don't have any of this in my notes. But I knew a guy who was like, yeah, horses can't. Oh, I'm going to do an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Horses can't lay down. That's why whenever they, whenever you see somebody like with a horse that lays down, they instantly try to get them back up because they'll die. But um, no, I think horses do sleep on their side sometimes. Where the hell did you hear that quote from? Um, he, he was a guy. Okay. He was a guy named Buki. Oh, one of the guys you used to work with. Okay. Yeah, I used to work with him. Okay. But he swore that horses can't lay down. Oh. But they can. well carol's showing us because carol had that horse look at the flowers (laughs) yeah that sucks though she grabbed the bowl and i'm like no what are you doing that's a very cooperative horse by the way she slid his throat and uh it didn't fight dude i i know it would take a little while for that horse to bleed out Mm -hmm. but he he laid there and took it like a champ yeah he did they I forget what they call it. Well, they would have to bind him. I I think they would have to bind him. I feel like she would yeah. have to lay, lay him down and then tie his feet. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he would have been kicking or something. Yeah. Sorry for getting really brutal. I mean, you've watched the episode of The Walking Dead. If you get that grossed out or whatever by brutality, you probably yeah. wouldn't be watching The Walking Dead. But it was a pretty hard scene to watch anyway. Yeah, it was still sad. It was sad. super sad. And I mean, I, we both love animals. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be. I think it would be really hard for either of us to do that. Oh my god, yeah. But if it meant that my children and my people would eat, yeah. then that's just kind of what you have to do. And you can see when Carol does it, she's sad about it. Oh, yeah. It hurt her to do it. Yeah. But... And then you see Aaron walk in and he kind of sees what she did and he sees yeah, that. What the hell, 
Carol? Yeah. Well, he, he doesn't. Damn. I know. It was it was pretty interesting, though. He didn't say a word, but you could feel yeah. it in the air. And he can see that she's really distraught about it. But yeah. they both accept it, and they both know that it needed to happen. Yep. And then the next scene is with <laughs> Judith. <laughs> Eating jerky. Yep. Look, I, I don't care, man. Horse looks good. I, I'd eat it. I mean, I, I would try it, too, especially yeah. if I was that starving. But then, yeah, Judith walks in with the the plate with little bits of meat, and it's obviously the horse. Yeah. And the kids are kind of grossed out and not really wanting to, but Herschel's cute. And he's been on the road for a while, so he's he's kind of seen some stuff, and he's basically saying to take really small bites. The smaller, the better. <laughs> how, how bad can a horse taste? I feel like it wouldn't taste that bad. I feel like it might be more of a mind thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because it'd be like, I mean, I've never had horse, and I don't plan on having horse, mm-hmm. but... I'm sure there are places that it's a common thing to eat. Yeah. But I feel like once you get to this point in the apocalypse, you kind of have to. That Yeah, I I would imagine that has to be delicious. Yeah, at that point, absolutely. Because I I would never be able to be a cannibal. But obviously in this world, we see some people resort to that because starvation gets them so badly. At this point, they get a Michelin star. (laughs) Yeah. For that horse. Yeah, pretty much. That's a five-star restaurant right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then poor Ursula saying, well, it tastes better than the spiders. Ugh. Yeah, I mean... Gross. What are you, like, deep-frying, like, a, a fistful of spiders? <laughs> if you don't know, don't call, know. call Hate Spiders. Freaking Hate Spiders, On man. the best of days. Yes, I hate them um, so much. Regardless of trying to eat them. Ugh. I mean, that would be my last thing. Yeah. That'd be, like... Like I said, I would never be a cannibal. Spiders are, like, right above that cannibalism thing. Like, I just wouldn't do it. Like, but I would go, what I would eat between spiders and a human would be spiders. I would eat spiders. Okay. Yeah. But that would be, like... But, like... I would be trying but grass. You you would eat the spiders, but you'd be looking at that human meat, like... <laughs> ooh. That was pretty good. Right. No, I would eat other things before I had to eat a damn spider. I would be looking at grass. I would be looking at leaves. I'd be looking at twigs. <laughs> I, I would be looking at mud. Anything else. Anything else but a damn spider. You are in a uh, concrete cube with nothing but spiders ah! or fried human flesh. Ah, damn it. You're going to be eating... Concrete. (laughs) (laughs) Break my teeth. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a tough one. (laughs) There has to be some sort of nutrient in the cement. I'd be be encrusting the human meat with uh, spiders. Yeah, make some panko. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Well, this conversation turned weird. Yeah. So the next scene, we have Rosita. She has Coco, her little baby. And she's bringing him over to the horses. And then she's enjoying her baby looking at the horses and stuff but then Car- uh, sorry rosita looks over at carol's and she sees that carol is getting the blood off her hands mm-hmm. that sucks though carol always knows that some of the things really have to be done and she can't seem to really catch a break sometimes like she always seems to be the one that has to make the hard choices and do the hard tasks mm-hmm. sometimes or at least she feels that way yeah it seems like she feels that way which can be kind of annoying mm-hmm. i feel like she Feels like she knows what's best sometimes and jumps the gun. Yeah, which happened in the prison. And it goes above everybody else's head, mm-hmm. whether she is right or not. Yeah. Yeah, like she doesn't check in with other people sometimes, yeah. whether what she's about to do is right or wrong. Yeah. It's just what she feels is right. Yeah. And like I just said like a couple seconds ago about the prison, mm-hmm. like that's a whole other thing that we'll get into in depth with the podcast. But if you're up to date, you know what I mean about the prison mm-hmm. with people getting sick and yeah. her taking things into her own That's hands. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I just want to touch on uh, real quick, shortly after watching Carol wash her hands, they cut to a scene of Magna eating some uh, eating some horse meat. horse meat. And I think Kelly comes over and gives her a hug. Mm-hmm. So things are looking pretty good. But then Carol comes by and takes Kelly. Yeah. And they walk off. And Magna kind of like looks at them like, what the hell? <laughs> so it seems like Carol is not listening to what Magna said about not giving her false hope. I think that, that's how I, I took that scene. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it as Carol is like, you know what? I do believe that there's still hope that we can find Kelly's sister. Maybe. I mean, unless Magna already said to Carol that Kelly really looks up to Carol. Yeah. So I feel like it would be more detrimental to Kelly and to Kelly's mental health and well-being if Carol were just to completely distance herself from Kelly. Not that that's exactly what Magna's asking Carol to do because Magna didn't really say, Carol, you need to stop talking to Kelly altogether and distance yourself and stuff. So that's not what I'm saying. But I feel like if Carol were to change what Carol would do and how she would try and make Kelly feel better, I feel like Kelly might pick up on that. Yeah. And then she might just feel worse. Yeah. So I don't know if by Carol coming over and taking Kelly, if that was really her saying, screw you, Magna, I'm going to do what I want to do. Or if, if it was more of just them going on another run together. Yeah. Oh, maybe. So after that scene with Carol and Kelly wandering off together, we're back to the road with Negan, Maggie, and Alden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and e- Negan's eating some sort of granola bar, and he says it basically tastes like crap, <laughs> and it tastes like yeah. crap cardboard. Crap cardboard. <laughs> that sucks. How old is that freaking granola bar that he's eating? I... <laughs> so after the commentary about his crap cardboard granola bar, <laughs> Negan basically says that, I don't know, it seems like Negan's kind of getting a little paranoid thinking about the Reapers again. So he's basically suggesting they get back into the mm-hmm. woods instead of being on the road. And Maggie's basically like, no, the road's faster. But Alden knows, too. We really should be off the roads, Maggie. Like yeah. We got to kind of go into the woods a little bit. And he doesn't again, want... They like, Maggie's fighting him mm-hmm. every step of the way, pretty much. Yeah. And I, I see Maggie's point because she doesn't want to stop. Because if they stop, then the Reapers are going to come. So I see her point, um, but it's obvious. Alden needs a break. He needs to stop. He needs mm-hmm. to sit. And not only does Alden need a break, but Maggie and Negan are kind of taking turns or working together to, to carry the weight of Alden. That's when they find a, a church. It looks like an old church that yeah. they can uh, hide out in for a while. Maggie knows Negan is thinking about leaving Alden behind. Yeah, she can kind of see Negan's face like they know. Or, or Negan's like, dude, we got to leave him. He's slowing us down. Yeah. Yeah. And and Maggie sees that and she's like, no, the answer's no. Yeah. At first I was like, what are you talking about? But yeah, then they, they kind of talk about it. Yeah. And even Alden says, you know, Negan's right. I'm dead weight. Yeah. So, like I said, ne- and Alden knows that he is slowing them down. And I mean, really, you have to look. He is slowing them down. Yeah. It sucks because it- I, I like Alden a lot. He's been... Yeah. He's been awesome since he's been introduced into The Walking Dead. Yeah. I think this episode is really trying to drive home the fact that Negan is kind of the voice of reason in mm-hmm. this episode. And yeah. Maggie's kind of going off the cuff. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. And then you could tell that Alden is kind of accepting of the fact that the reality is he should be left for right now. Yeah. Even if... Even if it's not he's left to die, but he's just left, and then they continue on, get help, 
and then come back to him and get him home. Like, I think, I think that's what he's hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping he's not going to end up being dead. Yeah. Um, but he's even knowing that they need to leave him. Yeah. But it seems like Maggie's having a hard time understanding that or at least yeah. accepting that reality of it. See, I have I have written down here, Maggie made the hard choices when it wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, she was making hard decisions that might not have been really beneficial. Like, how do you mean? Um, I, I, I keep on going back to Gage. Yeah. And letting him die. That was, that was a hard decision, but she was really, like, loose with it. Yeah. And now it comes to, it comes time to make a hard decision again. Mm-hmm. And she can't do it, but Negan can. Yeah. Like, Negan has been making, you know, smarter decisions throughout the entire time. And he's still making the hard decisions. He mm-hmm. can still make the hard decisions even when Maggie, when Maggie can't. Yeah, I agree. And it it seems like Negan's on board. He's been on board from the start of leaving yeah. Alden. Alden knows the reality. Alden knows that he needs to be left behind for right now. Mm-hmm. It's just Maggie's the one that's having a hard time accepting that. And so... Alden realizes that. So he's kind of like having a heart-to-heart with Maggie, basically saying, like, do you know why I left the Saviors and wanted to be with you instead, Maggie? And he's just, I feel like he's trying to butter her up a little bit. But, I mean, he's saying it mm-hmm. in, with, like, truthful, and it's, like, from the heart and stuff, because he always felt like she did the right thing even when it was hard. Like, right now, knowing that Alexandria and the people and her son needs these supplies... So you have to leave me behind. And Mm -hmm. I think he even said something like, you left Gage. And then she said, well, Gage made his choice. But Alden's like, and I'm making mine. Uh So basically, he's basically saying, if you don't leave me behind, the whole mission is scrapped. And everything was for nothing. Alexandria's effed, basically. Trying to make the uh, decision easier for her. Mm -hmm. And then one of the things that I really wanted to discuss with you is, Negan says to Maggie, you have to make a decision. And then Maggie kind of... Maggie kind of has a bit of a... Blow up. A blow up, yeah, but she's definitely... You could tell she's struggling a little bit. And she's basically saying, it's easy for you, Negan, isn't it? Being reckless with someone else's mm-hmm. life. And then you don't get to decide who lives and dies anymore. And then she's basically blaming Negan, saying, it's your fault that we're here. You destroyed everything that we built. Yeah, she's still looking at him as the old Negan. Mm-hmm. And then Negan, he just, he's taken it and he just looks at her. He knows that he can't... He's not going to say anything that's going to add fuel to the fire because it's not going to help anything. So he just basically looks at her and says, you still have to decide. But one of the things that kind of frosted my cookies a little bit, and maybe it's just, I don't know if you feel the same way. It pisses me off a little bit when Maggie says that that Negan, it's easy for Negan to be reckless with someone else's life. Mm -hmm. And that Negan, you don't get to decide who lives and dies anymore. What the hell was it that she decided for Gage? Yeah. She decided that Gage should die. Yeah. There was time for her and her team to try and fight and open that door, get Gage to safety, and then kill the walkers as they came. Yeah. But she made the decision that he gets to die. Yeah. So why the hell is she attacking Negan like that? Yeah, I know. That's one of the things that's really like, really, dude? Yeah. Yeah, she's been a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a hypocrite in exactly. this Exactly. Very hypocritical. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I've always been team Maggie. I loved... I love Maggie. I've mm-hmm. loved her since we met her and I think it was season two. But, man, there have been some times, especially lately when it comes with Negan, that I'm not really seeing, I'm not really seeing eye to eye with her. And that being one of them where she goes on that huge spiel and she calls Negan out for that. But yet Uh she just did the same thing mere hours ago. 
So then basically she decided, without using her words, she basically implied that she made her decision that yeah. they do have to leave Alden behind. Yeah, she starts leaving supplies mm-hmm. for him and, and things like that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's not just leaving him there to die. No, 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 no. They're they're definitely de- uh, definitely planning on coming back for him. Yeah, I agree. But it's still a tough decision because who knows if the Reapers are going to find him there at yep. that church or whether Alden's going to make it through the night with the wounds that he has. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that she goes and gets her supplies without saying anything and then he basically tries to argue it and say, no, Maggie, don't do that. But, I mean, really, he, yeah. he, he does need supplies. But she's going back on the road with with Reapers being out there, so she needs those supplies too. But I do like that she goes over to Negan, and he doesn't seem too thrilled that he has to give up his knife or give him give up some of his supplies. <laughs> yeah. But he hands her his knife, yeah. no questions asked. Yeah, he didn't give, any, give her any crap. No, I, I think he realizes that she's finally made the decision. And, I mean, he's been realizing this, but he can't argue it. What's mm-hmm. he going to do? He's just going to make it worse. So he has to just kind of sit down, shut up, and take it yeah. and let her kind of throw her weight around a yeah. little bit. And so after he gives Maggie the knife, then he gets up and he starts moving the pew to get in front of the door to block Alden in there. Yeah. So Maggie and Negan kind of get their stuff situated after Negan pushes the pew against the door. And Maggie kind of walks through the door and she's basically like, you're going to be here when we come back. And Alden said, you better come back. <laughs> it was neat through this episode. They kept on forcing Negan and Maggie closer and closer. Yes. Not, not necessarily, you know, that they're liking each other anymore. No. But they're kind of forcing Maggie to deal with the reality that she's working with Negan now. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's she's still, you know, in control. Right. Like he's he's not fighting her. No, he's not. He's listening to her. He's letting her be the boss. But it's becoming more and more apparent that, oh, crap, I have to, I really am working with this guy now, Negan. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, and then, so after... Alden and Maggie say kind of their quick goodbyes. Oh, man, poor Alden. He closes the door. He looks Collapses. like... Collapses. Yeah. He, like, I need a break. I think he... I'm sure he wasn't putting on too much of a front of being better than he actually is because how much can you hide? But I think he probably was hiding a little bit of how much pain he was in and how tired he was and probably how desperately he did want to just sit and take a break. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want to slow them down more than he already did, so he probably was just trying to push through it and act like, eh, they're good. It's just yeah. a flesh wound. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but I think really he's he's well, probably going to enjoy... would be beat up. I mean, they've been running for a, a long time now. I can't even imagine. Now he has a wound. Oh, God. I'm so, I would be so freaking tired. And he's been running for hours with that wound. Mm-hmm. Probably barely eating or drinking anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. Like, they don't show them drinking enough water. They need they need to stay hydrate, hydrated. I know. I get really bad if I don't drink. Like, I can go without food for a while, mm-hmm. but I need to drink water because I start getting crazy headaches, and I just, I know when I'm getting dehydrated. So that would be very difficult for me, especially all this exertion that they're putting in the, oh, into God, themselves. Yeah. Now we're outside, and we see the walker and the huge cross, and we see Maggie and Negan walking together, and Negan takes care of that walker that we just saw. And it was interesting, the shot that they chose to, yeah. to record at. It was a lower shot, and they, it shows the bloody crowbar and Maggie in the background. Yeah, I definitely feel like they, they've they had a shot like that of Lucille oh, with blood yeah. dripping off of it. Not necessarily with Maggie in the background, right. but it was very reminiscent of that. Yeah, just that time era with how 
Negan ran the place with Lucille and how much blood was on Lucille and mm-hmm. just brain matter. <laughs> and uh, I wonder if Maggie looked at the crowbar with the blood dripping off of it kind of like that. Like, yeah. uh, if she had a slight flashback at all. Yeah. And then now Maggie and Negan are on their own with each other and... I feel like it's their first time, I'm pretty sure, that they are just the two of them. Yeah. How I, think they're, th- I think they're going to get along. I was, gonna, I, was, <laughs> I was just going to ask, how do you think they're going to make out? Not make out, make out. I mean, how do you think they're going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about that, too. Like, that would be... Shoosh. I don't think that would be an option, necessarily, but that would be a weird twist. That'd be one hell of a twist. If Maggie and Negan got, got together. together. Dude. Glenn would be like, what the hell, Maggie? <laughs> yeah. Oof. What the hell? Yeah, I don't I don't think that would ever I don't happen. think so, but hmm. You never know though, because Negan is very suave sometimes. Yeah. But I, I think there's a bit of an age difference too. It mm, yeah, I wonder what the age difference would be. But I I think I think Maggie and Negan, the past three episodes, they've been through enough shit together right now that they can at least be cordial or more yeah. than cordial. They can, they, they're earning some trust between them. Exactly. They, they're earning some trust. They know that they can rely on each other to have each other's back. And I think, I feel like Maggie could kind of, well, not kind of, I, I know Maggie, hmm, let me rephrase that. I think Maggie would feel as though she could rely on Negan if the shit hit the fan and the Reapers came out of nowhere. I feel like she could rely on Negan to not just run off and take yeah. care of Negan. I feel like she knows that Negan would help her at this point. I wonder if there's going to be another scene like that. Like, very similar to the train scene. And this time he will save her. Oh, the train scene, I mean, like, where she's dangling yeah. off the edge? Oh. Now, I know he's already kind of, you know, he's already helped her out and kind of saved her a couple of times since then. So that's probably not a thing that's going to happen. But yeah. that one more redeeming action you know what i mean now an interesting thought on that would be what if the roles were reversed what if it's maggie that's gonna save negan because mm-hmm. i don't Ooh. it seems like there have been a lot of instances. that would be nice there's in this episode there's a lot of instances where maggie's in trouble and negan saves the day a couple yeah. times so it'll be interesting to see what would happen if it's a similar situation where hmm i could just let negan do this and then he'll be taken care of by the walkers or by the reapers and no one would question it yeah yeah i think that'd be a really big uh gesture on maggie's part i agree if you were to save him yeah that'd be uh a a big movement for her Mm -hmm. and i think that'd be big for negan to see that too i wonder if maggie would surprise herself even yeah like the depth in which she's able or that she's willing to go to Mm -hmm. rescue negan yeah so we'll find out hopefully soon i hope they have to touch on it more before they end for the mid-season break that they do in, like, the middle of October. Yeah. So I hope that we'll see more of Maggie and Negan, because we know the next episode is going to be primarily about Daryl. And like we said earlier in the podcast, Jeremy and I have already watched that episode, but we're not going to talk about that episode too much. Well, not we're not going to talk about it any further than we already yeah. have um, about the Daryl episode. We'll be talking about that in our next podcast. I'm excited to go through that one because it was a pretty cool episode. I enjoyed mm. it. I don't think I enjoyed the Daryl episode as much as I enjoyed this episode, the yeah. haunted episode. I but agree. it was it was still a good one. But we're getting to see some new characters in that episode too, though. So yeah, that's always exciting. Whew. It's always hard to trust new characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially these characters are Reapers, so mm, it's a little hard to trust them. 
new and there's an uh, an old character in there. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. Not very old, but you know. You'll see. You'll see what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Dead Talk as we discussed The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 3, titled Haunted. Tune in to our next podcast when we discuss The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 4, titled Rendition. We hope you'll tune in. Bye.